We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Man, oh man, oh man, what a difference a week makes. If you remember, Scott, last Thursday, the Yankees played a one o'clock game in Detroit and they looked lifeless. They lost. They couldn't complete the sweep. And we just felt dirty about the series win. And it's been two series sweeps since. That is a distant memory, that Detroit series, it feels like. A lot of positive things over the past six games. And I'm loving it. A lot of positive things. Really good homestand uh, for the guys. And, you know, I, I mean, I didn't feel dirty about the win. I'll, I'll take I'll take a series win anytime, but it wasn't pretty. Uh, Ugly. The uh, But this one, yeah, getting the sweep here and, and, and going home and really showing what they can do offensively. They were seriously woken up when they got to the Bronx. Um, and I appreciate that. And Cleveland was not, that was not an easy series. That was not a, that was not a layup. They had a good offense going into it. They had some decent pitching, um, but the guys played well. And, and then they, they're taking care of business right now uh, against Baltimore. So that's exactly what you need. We've, we've talked about this a hundred times. We'll talk about it a hundred more Baltimore series, the, 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 the uh, series directly with Baltimore throughout the year is going to be important because of the AL East ramification. So got to got to get these W's and um, yeah, glad they're on the right path. Full disclosure, it is the bottom of the eighth inning right now and the Yankees are up six to two. So if barring a catastrophic top of the ninth inning, they have completed the sweep of the Orioles. I think that, that is why I us. changed the way that I talked just then, because <laughs> I cannot talk in final terms unless that box score says final. Do you it remember when good. this happened last year? Do you remember what it, game this, this is? Happened? I feel like happened a number of times, but at the same time, not going to be because of me. <laughs> this happened. We started recording in the ninth inning of the Houston game, 
in Houston the day before the All-Star break when Chad Green gave up the, oh, yeah. the walk-off home run to Jose oh Altuve. We had done like maybe 10 minutes because the Yankees were up huge in that game. So we were like, oh, this is in the bag. We're going we're gonna to start recording. We had done maybe 10 minutes and then the wheels just started to slowly fall off and our, our souls were crushed. That will not happen today. I'm declaring it. I don't know. The reason it's not going to happen today is, and this might sound silly and, and it's not really tangible, it's sort of a, a classic eye test thing, this feels like a different team. The vibe is completely different so far this year than it was last year and even grouped the 2020 and 21 seasons together. This is just a different feeling around this team. There is a different feeling. You don't, I mean, even when, even when shit goes wrong, because the, you know, when the, the Orioles started coming back um, down six, uh, the other yeah. night, that was a weird the Yankees game. just kept tacking on more runs, and they, 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 and to me, when you see something like that, it's a, it's a, it's a reaction to what's happening. They should have absolutely won that game easily. It didn't, be, it didn't come as easily. But every time there was the Orioles, you know, adding runs and getting back in the game, the Yankees responded to it. And to me, that is a great sign of a team that even, even early days, you know, this was a quote from, from however long ago, a judge, you know, backs against the wall type thing. And they didn't have the sense of urgency against teams in April. Didn't have the same urgency as they did late in the season against a, a, especially especially a Baltimore team in April. But this is the feeling that that they do have that sense of urgency. They understand like every single game is important. It is wins or wins, whether it's in April or in August, doesn't matter. Especially AL East wins, gotta gotta get them. And yeah, you you they they climbed right back in it every single time as they should have. So I was uh, I was proud of the way they responded. It's one of those things that it's hard to put your finger on. It's like, it, is it really contagious? Like hit, they, the, the old cliche is hitting is contagious and then just guys start to relax because other players in the lineup are doing their job and all the pressure is not falling on one or two guys and you've got guys pressing. Like even pretty much up until this week, Joey Gallo was just completely lost. He hit a couple, couple bombs this week, which is great. But like Joey Gallo was a guy that had been lost at the plate and probably pressing, but there were other guys around him that were performing to pick up a little of the slack. Whereas what we saw the last couple of years is no one else picking up the slack. And it was just sort of like this down downward spiral effect that just like of this pressure. And you're absolutely right. That Tuesday game, Severino was unhittable. No hitter through the fifth inning. It was six to nothing. The Yankees would have lost that game last year, eight to six or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And and they backed up their guy because Severino pitched well. He pitched well until until he didn't, you know. But at the same but time, even he was, so, he was, it was going one it was like well. one bad pitch he made. He he gave yeah. up the three-run home run, but otherwise, he threw 77 pitches through six plus innings. Mm-hmm. The, I think the reason they sent him back out there for the seventh was cuz his pitch count was so his low. His pitch count was great. And they probably had like a target in mind of, oh, we got to get him to 85 pitches or 95 pitches or something like that. But then he allowed the first guy to get on and like, well, this is a close game now. We're not going to blow the game and just have him out there getting work, which is another move that I like. It's like you can't you you, you can't be completely reactionary to things that are happening on the field. And then sometimes I feel like Boone does that too much instead of being proactive. So you know, I like sending him back out there because he had been so good, and I like yanking him after after the first batter. It's like, no, we're not messing around. It's 77 pitches, but like this is still a game. Get you out of there. Yeah, I'm proud of you too because you know what? Last year you killed Boone for that move. You killed Boone for sending him back out and not giving him. I clean kill inning. him for moves when it doesn't make sense. To me, that made sense. Like, uh, like if if Severino 
say, let's say in theory he had a 90 pitch limit, okay? 77 pitches. That's 13 pitches to work with. But there's certain certain circumstances where Boone would send him out at like 86 pitches. It's like, what's the point? What's the point of four pitches? Well, no. I, I've countered I've countered that thought with you before. With I think logic is that you want him to to feel the uh, feel the um, the sense of getting back up and going into the next inning. So you're still you're still giving him the feeling and the sensation of yeah, it's a it's it's a it's a hard. Uh, a hard pitch limit and you're going into the next inning, but we want you to make sure you're warming up, you're getting all those things in between innings and going back out again. It's part of the buildup process. They can do that in the tunnel, David Cohn, because this was another th- weird thing about the Tuesday game. It, it started like 10 minutes late because there was some weather. David Cohn's talking about how they have a full mound set up underneath in the Yankees clubhouse. Severino could go down there. Shit, put Miguel Andujar up at bat there. He's not doing anything else this week. Let him face some Severino pitching in the tunnel behind behind the Yankees dugout. Like, why not that? Either way, the, the the point is is that you know he pitched well, and and you're right, and the guys responded. They had his back. They know he pitched well. You know whether that was, it, it got that personal in the dugout, or, and they were chirping about that exact thing. I don't know, but I don't care. I like how they came back. I like how they fought, and um, and they didn't leave someone hanging because yeah, he he was pitching really well until all of a sudden. You know the, the the Orioles decided they were going to hit again. But and you know what? You know what's so good about the the Severino start is that my God, did he look like he was in control? He was efficient. the The ball's coming out with really easy movement. Like this is something that that I, I just am kind of enamored by every time I watch Severino pitch. It's fun to watch him pitch because of the fact that someone just hit a home run, didn't they? Yeah, while Judge just hit an A rod home run. Okay, <laughs> you cannot <laughs> an eighth inning already up seven to two. Three run Jack. That's the that's like saying it if Judge doesn't run. do it in other times. The reason it was an A Rod home run when A Rod no, did it. That's not the an only insult. Time to he judge. Did it. If you're taking that as an insult to Judge, you're wrong. It's an insult to A Rod. Okay. <laughs> the, um, this game is definitely in the in the in the in the in the can. Over. Um, I don't even know what I was saying, but yeah, the it's just so easy and it's Severino. You're talking about Severino being in control again, and I and I tweeted out. It's so good watching Severino dominate again. And I got that feeling. I got that that same sort of like in your gut, you just know this guy has a ton of confidence out there that we had yeah. in 2018 watching him. And that's the guy that we've been hoping for ever since that season. It's like it, it, it's just been downhill for him because of all the injuries and everything's just been, been derailed in his career. But it's just so good to see that again because he really does have elite stuff. When we talked to Christy Ackert, she talked about how he's in the best shape, like classic best shape of his life, but apparently he really is in the best shape of his life, just stronger, stronger mound presence, everything. So really, really, like, I don't know if he's the the number one thing from the early season. That might be Rizzo, but but Sevy's got to be two or three. D- the beautiful thing is, is that we're in a situation here where I could debate you on five or six of those, which is great right. because things are happening. Things are happening. We're in a good positive way for for this Yankees team and the fact that Severino was one of them as uh you know like to again we we the obvious x factor if he is one I mean having a dominant number two behind Cole if he's getting back on track I mean that's just that's uh that's that's legit 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 um deep postseason run material right there and pitching is going to go every every pitcher is going to go into some slumps this year like it's unrealistic to think they're not and Nestor's been great Tyon has been pretty solid. Montgomery's been really solid. Those guys will have their bumps in the road this year. 
But if you have your rocks at the top, you can you can weather those storms so much easier. I will say though, but I, I the fact that the guys at three, four, five are ones that um they have the ability to go out there and dominate, but they also have the ability to go out there and labor and still get through innings. Jordan Montgomery can absolutely do that with the amount of uh, you know, his his repertoire. He could go out there labor through some innings, get out of jams, show you enough stuff, but still get through five, six innings. Like he's that type of guy. I'd say Tyone is really turning into that as well. Probably, you know, a little bit more of a higher ceiling with his stuff. Um, and then Nestor, as 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 advertised, uh, what we saw last year and this year, he's just a guy that's going to throw the kitchen sink at you and get through five plus innings. Yeah, the Tyon start uh, also kind of weird today. Some really odd runs scored on him early in the game. The first one was like a wind-blown ground rule double. Locastro just like couldn't run it down. I kind of thought Locastro maybe misplayed it a bit, but that ground rule double ended up scoring. And then the third inning, he hits hits by pitch, two wild pitches, and a swinging bunt scores the runs. So like the, that's how the Orioles scored their runs off of Tyon. He did get, there, there was like jams later in the game, but otherwise like, that, that those were the runs that he gave up today. Yeah, and I think you know, uh, in a month or so, he's gonna he's gonna have the ability to um, work deeper in the game, even on a game like today. How many pitches did he throw today? He threw. I'm looking for it right now. <laughs> I'd have to look um, that up. But it was four and two thirds, like you know, a little deeper in the game and uh, or deeper in the season. And I think he's out there a little bit longer. But that's kind of the point: is that he's able to to work through. Um, some of these, some of these tough innings, and and still come out um, with you know, getting deeper he, in games. He threw eighty three pitches. pitches, but it, but also, and like that's he, probably why he was pulled. But well, you also have to look at the context of it. Like it was a it was a four to two game. No, wait, he got pulled in the fifth. So it, it was the Yankees were losing two to nothing at that point. You can't give up any more runs at that point. Well, you can. You're still playing the Orioles. You can do it. again. I think deeper. I think later in the season, he's he's still able to go in there. I think the pitch count was the big reason why he was pulled. But <clears throat> So so what do you think? What's your feeling? You think Rizzo's going to lead the team in home runs all year? <laughs> he might, man. The way he's hitting right now, the, this guy is uh this, he's he's on he's on freaking fire. He looks great. He does. You know, making the adjustments he's made, there's been a lot of people talking about that. The guy has been really really good. He's a clubhouse leader. I love him. He's a damn good defender. He's just, um, he's exactly what this team needed at first base. I, I love the fact that the team committed to him as well and didn't make a guy like Luke Voigt a distraction on this team still. Feels like old, yeah, I don't know. You know, there's a different feeling in the, in the, in the, with the players and the clubhouse, but there's also a different feeling in the way that they conducted their business in the offseason as well. Fe- feels like a couple of years ago, they would have left one, of the, one or two of these guys on. Let, let's just keep them in there to make sure there's a little bit of a distraction or some some kind of uncertainty. But they didn't do that. They got they got rid of the players that that could have you know caused any of that, and they're allowing these guys to play in jail. And I I absolutely love it. Ron Marinchino Cherry is on for the ninth inning. If anyone's curious, probably yeah. you know listening twelve hours later, they want to know who pitched the ninth inning. But uh, I think getting rid of players like Voigt and Gio and Gary Sanchez, it takes some of the comfort out of the clubhouse, comfort in a bad sense, being like those guys were just too comfortable in the, and and maybe they thought they were safe even if they weren't performing. And it kind of shook things up and kind of put everyone like on the edge of their seat. Like, like you talked about back against the wall. Like, I got to start performing or else I'm getting my ass shipped out of here too. Yeah, because it was unexpected. It was not, I mean, Voight was probably expected. The other two, 
at that point, not expected. And I have a hard time putting Gio into this, to be honest, but because Gio, you know, his injuries were something. The guy wasn't able to stay on the field a lot, but he was also a a, but a, a good player for the team. A he week was, earlier, he was not named part of him the, the starting shortstop a week before he got traded. Yeah, well, we all know what that was, but, <laughs> but he was still, not. It's like he was not part of the problem. He was playing no. where he needed to play. He was a guy that was versatile, and I got no problem with Gio, and I never did, and I wouldn't have had a problem if he was still on this team because he's a guy that could play within the current con- confines of what we're looking at here. I mean, he basically would be Wandy. Uh, 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 oh my gosh, just completely lost his name. Wandy. I was going to say Wandy, but it's not Wandy. Okay, while you think of that, I'm going to talk about. Rizzo's three home run game on Tuesday. One of the weirder three one three homer games that I can uh I can think of. I don't know how he hit that first ball out. That ball was so far inside. His swing is so short into the ball. I thought it was like a jam shot medium deep fly ball. And yes, I know that's only a home run at Yankee Stadium. That's a porch job fine. But he still hit it 330, 40 something feet. And that ball like almost hit him in the gut. Like he he hit it out of his belly button. I don't know how he hit the thing out. Yeah, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, Juan D. Rodriguez, Mar- okay. Mar- Marwin Gonzalez. That, I, I, I you were so hand. far off. I didn't even know who the frick. Yeah, I was not close. <laughs> my my brain completely farted on that one. The uh, yeah, dude. But he that's what he does. He makes those adjustments inside. He pulls his hands in so well to attack the ball that's coming inside. He he crowds that plate. He's one of the guys. Um, that historically gets plunked a lot too, because that's that's his domain, that's his plate. He controls it, and he dares people to come inside on him. And when they do, uh, you know, if it's if it's in a place like he goes out and attacks that ball, um, I love it. You know, his approach against lefties as well is is the same. The way that he goes out there, righties, lefties, and that's why what makes him such a difficult out for pitchers because they want to jam him inside, and he doesn't let them do it. Yeah. No, nah, it's it was it's really kind of amazing the the home runs that he hit. Like not the farthest of home runs, but kind of impressive home runs nonetheless. And Gallo It makes me a little happier to be honest. Like I'm glad that they scraped the wall and went out just so everybody gets a little upset about it. That's fine. He plays You're at not Yankee tired Stadium. of the whole like no, oh I'm this not. home run I, is only I actually home run it in makes me happy when other people complain about it. Is what <laughs> is what it does. Cuz like guess what? Yeah. Are we complaining about that every single time a ball goes over the the monster at Fenway? It, it's part of the thing. It is what it is. I actually give Yankees fans credit on this. When an opposing player hits a cheap home run, we don't say anything because we no. know it's like ultimately we're going to benefit the most. It's like okay, fine, golf clap. You hit the home run in the second row down the right field line. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna start to get mad at it on Twitter. Although I did always appreciate like Yankees pitcher like CC Sabathia was was kind of known for this. He'd give up a short porch job and just throw his head back like oh here. We go. As a pitcher, I'm I'm not happy about it, no doubt. As a pitcher, I'm like, you know, that's 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 not that's not what you want by any means. So, well, Joe Girardi action there, but at the same time, yeah, take advantage of it. That's why we've been pining for a left-handed first baseman. Give me a left-handed power first baseman who can actually make contact and you take advantage of it because yeah. it's a it's a it's a strength to the home team if you actually put someone in there who can play to that strength, and we have one now. And I really like that they've been sticking with uh, Judge Rizzo Stanton. I, th- I think it's a good it's a good middle of the order dynamic, not just because it's righty lefty righty, but just because Rizzo is that break in the strikeouts that I think obviously has been desperately needed, but we're actually seeing it materialize. And it's just like, duh, this was needed. Like, what took you so long to figure this shit out? 
Yeah, I love the lineup right now. I really do. I think it's I think it's really dynamic, and um, obviously they're hot. So you know this could change, but the way that it's structured, the way that it's built, uh, just from a, an approach standpoint, I think it's the right thing, and I think it's something that they can hopefully grow with and uh, and and keep up. I, I really really like it. Gallo's got two dingers. I think he needs forty more for me to hit my prediction of forty two home runs. So that might not be looking so good so far. We both had Johnny Loisica predictions, and he did yep. pitch well on Thursday. He got he got he bridged the gap after you know the the Yankees were in a little bit of trouble, and he pitched really well. But Logan actually pulled some numbers on Loisica because uh, other than today, he had been really struggling, and he allowed the three run home run to Austin Hayes uh, in the game on Tuesday. Two of the runners were inherited by Licky, but Loisica's sinker, which should be his best pitch, one of his best pitches, has been getting hit this year. And the horizontal and vertical movement on it was actually less when you compare it to last year. And as a result, batters are not hitting on top of the ball nearly as much. Um, The numbers might be slightly different because he did pitch today, but last season batters got on top of his pitches 50% of the time. And so far this year, it's only 15% of the time. And his career average is 42%. That's why you've seen more home runs. That's why you've seen more hard hit balls. It's no secret. You keep the ball on the ground, you're going to be pretty safe as a pitcher in today's game. And Loisaga has done that in the past, not been able to do that this season so far. So because this, the team is going well right now and we're looking at if a, if a guy is struggling, I'm chalking it up to early season. Early season. Johnny Loisaga has the ability and the leash to work himself out of it. Pitched well today. He was uh, pitched into, the, into a second inning. Um, but he was, you know, came back out and, and was able to, 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 I think he struck out three guys. Well, the, the big thing Looked is he, he got out of the jam. Uh, so that was another weird play with, with Castro. It was a ground ball up the middle and, and DJ flips it to Marwin Gonzalez, who was not covering second Better base. Better known as Wandy Rodriguez. <clears throat> but it wasn't even necessarily Gonzalez's fault. Like it was two outs and it was kind of a weird hit ball. Like DJ should have just thrown it to first base. And I think that's what. Marwin was expecting, so the runner was safe at second, and they had to go to Luiz again. He got out of the jam, um, so he was he kind of played the fireman role today. But yeah, like Logan, you just put some stats in here about his ground ball rate it was sixty one percent last year, and it's forty percent this year. Like that's a pretty significant drop. And, and like, don't mistake this. This isn't complaining or anything like that. It's just identifying why a guy is struggling early in the season. Yeah, well, and he also stands out because the the bullpen has been very good, and he has been one of those areas that that hasn't hasn't found it yet. So, um, you know, I expect him I expect him to to be to be right there and and figure this out. He's he's too damn good. He's too damn good, and he's going to be a big piece of this uh, of this pen down the stretch. Are you fully bought in on Michael King? Yeah, I'm fully bought in on Michael King. Why not? I don't in this role. I'm fully bought in. I you know I don't if it's not broke, don't fix it. Type of type of mentality right now with the way that the rotation's going, like he's he's playing a great. No, I'm spot. not. Su- I'm not suggesting moving him to the rotation. I actually think if they need another starter, it's going to be Clark Schmidt. It's not going to be Michael King because yeah, we talked been... about this on the last on the oh, last did, episode. Did but, we? but the okay. fact, yeah, he he, or it might have been the one before that. But he is my brain he's playing a significant so role right either. now. Well, well, here he's in, he's playing a significant role because if there is a guy that struggles now, you know, it's not the the opener type with the person coming behind him. But you do have a guy that come in there and throw three, four innings, even if you wanted to, and Michael King that that can clean up, you know, uh, one of the one of the rotations messy starts. Yeah, but you, and that's huge. And he's, I mean, he's 
he's a he's a damn good uh, option coming in there. So nobody wants to see that. If the, if the starter is struggling, you know, you have, and in, in theory, you're not going to have multiple of those um, a week. You have a, a fresh king ready to go for when that happens. See, I actually, because he's been so good and he's working himself into higher leverage spots now, you're not going to use him if a starter gets bounced in the third inning or something like that. You're going to use him like they used him on Wednesday night, where it's a close game in the sixth inning and you want to get two, maybe three innings out of a guy. That's what, that's more what I mean. So you can't, not, not if a guy's getting blown up. No, that's, that's not, that's not where he is. But if it's a tight game and, um, you, you know, and it's earlier, you and Michael King's fresh, you can go to Michael King now. And that's the thing. It's kind of a get out of jail free card for a starter that doesn't have his best stuff. Michael K called him a Swiss Army knife on the broadcast today. Now, I'm not saying that Michael K heard me say that or saw me tweet that, but I'm not not saying that because you have it, been saying it about him for three years. Look, <laughs> three years. Your prediction so from I was three first. years ago is finally. It's just like again. Let's just again run again. it back, baby. I'm glad you. I'm glad you. I'm glad you're hitting on this on like the fourth opportunity. Well, it's like it's like if you're stupid enough to play roulette in a casino, just keep putting it on the same number, and eventually you're gonna get lucky. If you move your you move your thing around the whole time, I know that's not how the odds work, but just stick it on the number and wait for it to hit. I have a terrible story. I, I, we were. I have a story about that with. Uh, um. Someone who was playing right behind me in Vegas, and I, I played 25, 25, 25. I played 25 uh, a lot, and then I t- finally took it off, got off the table. And um, uh, who, who came behind me, uh, but someone who went 25, and they hit twice in a row, right after <laughs> I pulled it off. All of my stuff. That's uh, karma. Two in a row. That's karma. Yeah. And roulette's the worst game in the casino. Why are you playing roulette for? It was just, I was following the crowd, to be honest. I was just hanging out. Yeah, that, that's when I just stand there, get a drink, and watch people lose money. Uh, I'll play some other games. I'm not playing roulette. So, <clears throat> again, obviously a lot of positive things. After Wednesday's game, and this kind of remains true because the Yankees won today and, and are winning by seven runs as we're speaking, they lead the American League in run differential, and they have sole possession of first place since August 2020. Whew. Been a long minute. time. You might think, oh, maybe minute. they sniffed first place at some point in 2021. Not by themselves. Just goes to show you how how this season has started off really well and how how mediocre of a last two years that they've had. So that that's the other thing. It's well, it's not only the mediocre seasons, but how bad of a start they had too. I mean, last yeah. year's the, the the offense was anemic. Uh, you know, for the first half of the season, it was, and that was part of the thing. You have too many of the same player, and and you can't pick someone else up because you're all in a slump, and nobody knows how to get out of it. Now they know how to get out of it. Yeah, and to your point, the the lineup just feels a lot more balanced, a lot more dynamic. They can score in different ways. Like even today, yeah, I know Baltimore booted the ball around the field. Yeah. That's what led to the Yankees comeback. But they still got hits to score runs. They got some sack flies to to get guys in, and yes. and that's just stuff we haven't seen before. And it. it it sounds maybe simple, too simplistic, but it's just so obvious, so glaringly obvious as you watch this lineup. You're not just sitting there crossing your fingers for a two-run or a three-run home run because th- other things can happen. As Cameron Mabin has drilled into our head, it's an uh, <laughs> middle, of the, of field. Uh, middle of the field approach. Middle of the field approach. He's not wrong. It is exactly that. Middle of the field approach. And if you're doing that, if you're just trying to hit the ball up the middle, that uh, 
who was it? I think Ruko was talking to um, DJ before the game yesterday. I was watching a little bit of the uh, the pregame, and he was talking about that that exact thing. You know, what is your approach? He's like, it, it was framed in the question of like, hey, tell the kids how to do this uh, if if they're watching. And DJ is just like, you know, as DJ as DJ responds with a very dry answer, but at the same time, he's like, I just try to hit the ball up the middle. I just try to hit the ball up the middle. That's it. And it, it really. That is it. That is a simple way to do it, to hit the ball up the middle. And guess what? It's going to go out. And that's exactly what Glaber needs to continue to do. Even yesterday, Glaber's had better at-bats, but even yesterday, he Looked got— like he was um, trying to hit the ball out of the park. Yeah, he, got, he, he struck out late in the game and hips wide open, trying to pull the ball rather than stay in the middle of the field, go with the ball, and, and, and you know close it off a little bit, keep, keep closed, and, and drive the ball up the middle. If he can get back to that consistently, we will see good Glaber again. It's great that he had the walk-off hit over the weekend and he had the big moment on opening day, but the Yankees' best lineup is not with him in the starting lineup. It's it's not dispute. It's not even a, a question. It's not even a question. Yeah. And it sucks for Glaber. And in, it's like, it's one of those things, okay, well, he needs regular playing time to start playing well again. But at the same time, the team is winning right now. Why, why are you going to mess with that? Let me let me rephrase that. It is a question depending on where you're talking about. Because as third base, if DJ is playing third base, you could argue, but that that Glaber being the second baseman, DJ being the third baseman, with the way because Donaldson's Donald been bad. Hitting. Sure, yes. And so DJ, that would DJ be the actually, only thing. DJ made actually a few nice plays at third base this week. He did. Um, but who, here, let me ask you this: Who do you have more confidence is going to turn their season around, Glaber or Donaldson? Donaldson, because of the track record, yeah. really. I mean, he's yeah. an older guy. He's what thirty-six years old. Glaber should be able to do it with no. But but we've seen this for a few years now with Glaber. Donaldson had a good year last year. I mean, right. he's he's come back and still proved that he can hit. So as long as he's healthy, like there's no reason that guy shouldn't be mashing. He's a he's a he's a professional hitter. Glaber it, should be a professional hitter. Still needs to to show that he can. Uh, you know be the guy that we thought he was. So at this point, it seems like Glaber's getting like three starts a week, which is, I think, kind of the max for him as because DJ needs to be an everyday player, whether he's third base, second base, or the occasional day Rizzo sits. DJ is an everyday player, and then the off days is when is when Glaber gets in there. And I think that's what you have to do and just hope Glaber can figure it out with like a 10 or 11 at-bats a week. I mean, I, I see it trending in a in a in a better direction only because of the DH spot and the fact that DJ is going to be going to third base. I think relatively frequently, so it really it does depend on what Donaldson's doing, how it, you know what that you know how they're 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 um, managing his workload and also just how he's hitting. If he's not hitting and he's and they're managing his workload, DJ is going to get a hell of a lot more uh, time at third base, which which puts Glaber in the lineup more often. So. All Glaber has to do is show a little bit that, that he's, you know, and, and I'd say over the last week, he's been better than, you know, the, the than the previous two, but he's still not being consistent. And that's the problem. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So we got a couple of roster updates. I, I mentioned, I'm, what are you laughing at? It's 10-5. Uh, it's, it's another another run. Three Great. runs in the ninth. No. Okay. So we could be watching a meltdown. That's okay, though. This is this is the journey. Still a long way to go on. for it to be a complete meltdown. Yeah. Listen, I'm not re-recording is all Chapman that. warming up yet? <laughs> I'm not re-recording all Why does this always happen? <laughs> Why? <laughs> when it's a... When I was it's just that? trying to set you off. Okay. So nice. I still think, no problem, the Yankees are going to win this game. <clears throat> but, but why, with an eight-run lead, can't you just shut the door? Why? Why does it have to be difficult? Man. They're just, they're, they're, the, it's Baltimore trying to be difficult. This is what they do. They don't, they don't win games. They're just like a pain in the ass. I think, who's coming in? Licky? Boone's making a pitching change. Yeah, Licky's, Licky's coming into in. the game, so we had to bring in another. Anyway, one. as I was saying, the uh, the rosters are decreasing to 26 over the weekend. Um, or actually, it's going to happen on Monday, May 2nd. But the 13-pitcher limit is going to be delayed until the end of May. So we could have a short bench for the month, or they'll do some rotation where <clears throat> guys will get called up. Uh, Hicks was. Are we, pr- are we are we proud of the guys for the agreement? Like, let's let's extend this the, the month. We're not going to do it. They they uh, just kick no the fuss. can down the road. Kick the can. Yeah. Down. That's honestly. Well, no, they just they just made, they're like you know what? Let's push it. They're like you know what? That's a great idea. That is a great idea. Yeah. The that, union that, and the owners. They're just they're they're two peas in a pot grabbing beers these days. It's like if, whenever you don't want to do something, it's like that's future me problem. I'll deal with that tomorrow. Like yeah. uh, right now, I'm not going to worry about it. It's like fine. And this is just like whatever. Fucking freaking have 900 players on the roster for all I give a shit. Just play baseball and shut the hell up. Just remember that I'm conceding to this point. (laughs) You can have it. And Duhar was up for Hicks, who was on paternity leave. He didn't get in the game. Um, To your point, it's like, if you're not going to play him at least once, at least get him an at-bat. Just leave him in AAA and call someone up who can play defense. Yeah, I don't understand it. You know, it's it's Miguel Andujar. We know, we know who he is or who he, what he could be. Like maybe for a late late game pinch hit opportunity, but I mean, really, there's a lot of there's a lot of bats on this lineup right now. You basically just iced him. The guy is on fire in AAA. Let's pull him up, put him on ice, so that he goes back down and 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 doesn't do much. Like he's not a guy that you're going to put in for defense. Not a guy that you're going to put in to run anywhere. So he's a pinch hit guy, and that's it. Unless you're, if you're not going to play him, I don't quite understand that. Might as well bring someone up that's you know relatively more useful at the end of the bench. If you're not going to play the guy for a day, just play him for a day. 
Give him a give him a day. Donaldson struggling. Boone said he considered. Boone said he considered starting Andujar today, but the reason he didn't is because Stanton needed to DH because he didn't want to play Stanton in the field again. And they obviously do not feel comfortable putting Andujar in the field, and I do not blame them. Fine, then bring up someone that's useful if he's not going to play. Old friends Luke Voigt, Gary Sanchez, and Clint Frazier are all on the IL currently. Listen, I do not wish injury upon anyone. We learned over the weekend you do not cheer for injuries. We'll talk about that in a second. However, this is another reason why the 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 position players specifically needed to be shaken up on this team because it was also in addition to just being too much of the same player, too much too many extended slumps, also too many injuries. Too many injuries. You can't, it's hard. I'm knocking on wood here because there are some guys on this team that are prone to that as well. So it's not like that's gone away. But there are a lot that were shipped out that that have, you know, been, um, that have been, uh, you know, dragged with injuries, unfortunately. So the fact that all of these guys are on the IL right now, not surprising. Hope they do well. Um, but yeah, I'm glad it's not happening on the Yankees right now. Knock on wood. Yeah. And we're kind of going rapid fire here, but there was a, a TikTok video. Never sounded older in my life. There was one of them TikToks of Garrett Cole repeatedly rubbing his upper thigh, lower ass cheek on Sunday. And a, and a brown glob was not shit. Could have been some sticky stuff. And uh, people are theorizing that that Garrett fi- figured out another way to get some substances on the ball. Your notes. My thoughts. Did you watch Jameson, Tyone, Jordan, Mon- Jordan Montgomery? I saw yesterday had the exact same brown patch right here on his jersey. Yeah, and but you it was know cold. why that happens? It was, cold. it was cold. Hold on, hold on. Let me tell you why that happens. Because when you grab a baseball that's been on the ground, it's dirty. When you grab your glove, it's dirty. There's dirt on these things when you're playing baseball. Baseball has dirt. There's dirt around here. Hands get dirty when you lick your hands. Said dirt is transferred to whatever the hell you wipe it. Pitchers. Go to the same place every time. They wipe the same thing. They do the same. Baseball players do the same thing every time. They are products of routine. They are products of every. Jordan Montgomery had the same like brown spot right here on his jersey. No, you, um, this is an audio podcast. You cannot see me, but well, you this can is, watch on YouTube. We're man. all we are on YouTube, but um, right on the uh, the his chest. So no, it was just dirt, and he's wiping his ass. There is a camera behind there in every that's, stadium, that's, in every broadcast. It's the primary shot. Yes, that's what, that was going to be my point. <laughs> If Garrett Cole's cheating again, I'm not ruling that out. I just don't think he's cheating with a glob of stuff on his ass cheek, okay? Like, that is the last place you hide it. And yeah, it's like he did repeatedly go to it, but all pitchers repeatedly go to the same spot. Do you remember CeCe used to rub his leg, like, down his leg? That was CeCe's thing. Like, they have these little ticks, They have these little routines. I'm not ruling out that that he has some other substance, but they are checking their hands now, okay? So the umpires checked his hands, didn't find anything. Who knows what was on his ass cheek? Maybe he didn't wipe after he took a dump before the game. Who the hell knows? They, um, game over? Good. Game over? Did yeah. we win? The Yankees secured it. Chapman had to warm up. Yankee sweeps six in a row. Let's but go. Uh, there were first and second, 10 to 5 final. It was almost, it was almost a nightmare. But glad that it was it not was almost bad. a nightmare. It was, it was very far from a nightmare. If Chapman fine. had to come in, it that would have been. If you have to bring your closer, I mean, the fact that you even had to warm up your closer and it was 10 to 2 going into the inning is kind of bad. 
But if he had to come into the game, because he like he barely started to warm up, probably he like that. I don't even know if that's a full B whip. That's like maybe half a B whip. But if he's up there firing bullets out there, throws 15 B whips, then it has to come in the game. Like that's a massive fail. It's okay. They're good. Moving on to Kansas City. I want to quickly touch on so the video of the left field uh, incident with Miles Straw surfaced uh, the other day. And you could hear what the fans were yelling at Quan. Did you watch this video? Um, I did see it and I listened to it. I was I was somewhere where I couldn't like so re- hear all the details. You could hear the fans saying, stay down, stay down. They were and jawing at him for sure. Yeah, I heard John at him for sure. I didn't hear any specifics. Like, listen, I, I still don't condone what the fans said. Absolutely not. However, I don't know that if you're Miles Straw, you can be climbing the fence. Like for no, that. you 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 can't like, be climbing the fence. Like you may, there may be things to get you get to you to a point where, you know, players don't deserve that. There's that's fine. You can you can get to that point. There's there's a lot of jawing that happens in that outfield in the Bronx. There's sure. it's always always has always will be. Um, I you know don't don't cheer for people's injuries. Don't throw shit on the field. You know, keep it as respectful as you can. But I you know I love a good jawing myself. I I, I don't mind some. I don't mind shit talking and and they give it to them out there. But there's a line. To, to not cross. And some people have different lines. Miles Straw clearly did, came up and did that. And when and when you do that, like you're just, you know, it's it's poking on both sides. Both sides were had some had some wrong there. The result of it with the with the the, the fans in the outfield throwing shit on the field is uh we took it way too far. Of course. Should never no get one's to that deny- point. No one's and denying it, that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not I'm not blaming Straw climbing up there for people throwing stuff on the field. No, that you should still never shouldn't happen. throw stuff. But on you the also field. shouldn't climb up there and talk shit and tell someone to hit you five thousand times because exactly. I didn't hear that part. Exactly. No, honestly, Straw. All players. It's easier said than done. I know. I'm not out there. I'm just some idiot talking. They should. They should try and make it. You know, block it out and and not not give the fans anything. It's exactly what they want. Exactly. Exactly what they want. But like. Straw like straw climbing the fence is just it's it's just completely wrong in that situation. He's got it. He's got to be a bigger man there and just yeah. In in his mind, like, it 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 goes to the players to be that bigger man because yeah. you have fifty thousand people in the stands. You can't control who's coming in the stands, what they're drinking, what they're saying, who they are, any of that. Um, the only thing you can control is the way that you handle said things and and try to dismiss things that are coming. Uh, that are that are said at you because I'm sure they hear all sorts of things and it's you know that's not new, right? So the Athletic posted an interesting article about the baseballs. <laughs> I mean, how many freaking years are we going to talk about the baseballs every year? It's keeping the Athletic in business, they're just <laughs> constantly coming out dissecting baseballs. You know, telling t- telling us that they're too hot, they're too soft, too they're moist. This that they're too moist now. They're moist. moist. So baseball, as we know, all parks are using humidors now. It used to be only 10 parks, but now 20 parks, 20 new parks around the league, so all 30, have humidors. And it's actually had potentially a reverse effect as to what they intended. And what the article laid out is that it's because it's early in the season and it's cold and they've had an unseasoned, especially in Oakland, they they use Oakland as one of the prime examples, but a lot of places have had dry Aprils. So the, the humidors, which are supposed to take moisture out of the ball in the summer, currently are putting moisture back into the ball because they're already in dry environments. So 
a, a moister ball, a heavier ball is not going to travel as far. And that's what's happening in a lot of places. And home run rates right now are in line with what they were in the mid-2010s, which is 4.3%. And if you compare that to 2019 to 2021, it was over 5%, spiked in 2019 to like 5.5%. So it's more than a percentage point uh, fewer home runs. And the interesting thing is, is that exit velocities and barrel percentages are actually up in a lot of cases, and the balls are still traveling less distance. So it's not like guys are hitting the ball you know, less hard. They're hitting the ball harder than ever. It's just not going as far. Fine. This is an, this is a correction. This is, this is a, again, you know, they got to find if they're tinkering with this ball and they're, and they're, and they're obviously trying to find a play. I, I don't know what their intentions or motivations are, but at the end of the day, if the ball is not flying out of the ballpark, well, they said what their in, intentions are. Their intentions are to take some home runs out of the great. game and keep the ball in play in the ballpark more as it, as I'm, 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 in, I'm glad they're doing that because to me, if if you're doing that, and then just like, you know, with the launch angle um, uh, wave of of players and how that that has become a thing, and and how the the balls are traveling more, like of course you're going to try to hit more home runs because you can. It's just going to start going out now. So now we're going to start seeing a different uh, up the up the middle approach. Use the middle no. of the field. Give and, me and- more base hits. It's more exciting. It's more fun. It's maybe the next wave to come is next year if they limit or ban the shift. We don't know yet. But uh, I think that what the intention was to remove like a few feet of flight. I think that it was like two or three feet. It's also been a month. So sample size. And also uh, the the weather, like I said. The, the one thing that the article did criticize for is that they should have controlled for the weather. <laughs> they didn't. And to me, that's like a What big about the mist. wind resistance due to the lack of players or due to the lack you, of fans in Oakland? <laughs> that's true. Yeah, it didn't. Wasn't the announced crowd in Oakland like 3,000 4,000. But yeah. yeah. Some, it's very low. But, Apparently, they're boycotting. But it's going to... What I think taking a few feet of distance away, it's like Joey Gallo, when he connects, is still going to hit a home run. Aaron Judge, same thing. It's the it's the home run hitters. It's the people that shouldn't be home run hitters that were suddenly turned into home run hitters that are no longer going to be home run hitters. That I think maybe like DJ Lemayhu. No, not even DJ Lemayhu, but like you talked about, like with Glaber Torres, right? Like hits thirty eight home runs, thinking he's thinking I'm a forty home run guy now. It's like yeah, maybe maybe you're not. Maybe you just need to pull a camera maybe and stay in the middle of the field a little bit more. Yeah, well, I mean, I think that one, that's, uh, I don't know if that's the best example because it's, his approach is also different and, and whatever was going on there, like he's not, those balls are not, not traveling out. They're not going to the warning track. It's, it's not like he's being affected necessarily by the ball, more so his own mechanics. He's his own worst enemy because he saw the ball fly out. So maybe that's a byproduct of that. But I would, I would actually say DJ LeMayhew is probably one of these guys who on a normal day, he's, he's hitting a line drive, you know, when he hit, what was it? Th- How many did he hit in that? I know he hit 25. 25. I think it was actually well like on the nose 25. 25. Um, but, uh, you know, some of those balls that were line drives that went out are, are doubles in the gap. Like, that's to me the guy that's being more affected by this, um, that type of that type of player. Yeah, like Gardner, Gardner hit uh, Gardner's 20, a good example. Gardner hit 28 home runs, I think, that year. And yeah. we we had seen enough of Brett Gardner's career to know he's not a 28 home run hitter. He's probably like a no. 9 or a 10 home run hitter. which Especially is where, late in his career. <laughs> which is where he should be. And I think what it, what it started to do is it was kind of just like tricking. I know it was messing with my perception of the game. Like I've watched so much baseball in my lifetime 
that I get to, I've gotten to a point where I see a ball hit on TV and I have a pretty good idea if it's going to be a home run or not. And then 2019 rolls around and I'm like, that ball went out? Like that should have been a like a kind of deep fly ball, probably caught three steps in front of the warning track and it went to the sixth row. And my brain was just like, cannot compute what's going on here. And like everything was thrown on a whack. It was. It was thrown out of whack. So they're they're again correction. They're 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 just bringing it back. It's a market correction here with the, with with the baseballs. And since uh, the baseball uh, company is owned by Major League Baseball, they can do whatever the hell they want. So and supposedly they're using one baseball this year, one design baseball, not two, which is what they used last year. So yeah, this is not going to be the last which, time. We which makes about just baseball. all the sense in the world. Of course, it let's does. use one baseball instead of two models. <laughs> oh man, um, let's have, have a you- consistent product out there for everybody to use that's what you think would be the the correct solution the the apparent solution the one that's very you don't need nerds to tell you that you just should have one baseball out there yeah you've got pitchers blaming the baseball for maybe some wildness early in the season although maybe we i think identified just, nobody just, likes the mets people hate the mets <laughs> and they're just <laughs> drilling the mets hey the Mets. you know what I'm not one of these people that wants to see the Mets bad. I want to see the Mets have a good season. Like this, I think it's just more fun in in New York City. Like two good yeah. baseball teams throughout the summer. Like that's fun. I got no problem with the Mets having success as long as it doesn't end up being total success over sure. my team. No, that's they'll, it. They'll have epic failure in the playoffs. Like that's how it yeah. should be. Like yeah. regular season success, crash and burn at the end. No, I, I, you know what? I hope that Mets fans find happiness because they. <laughs> You know, find they, peace. they find peace. They they find some peace in their hearts. And, you know, I'm sure that they 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 saw the field the stuff flying out on the field last weekend and they're sitting there like, yes. Like some of them were in their basements going, yes, the Yankee fans look like assholes again. Um, you know, a few a few bad apples that make make the uh, fan base look uh, a certain way that that it's really not. I mean, Buck Showalter's a good manager. Steve Cohen seems like he's going to be a good owner. Like, mm-hmm. they do have some things in place to have success now. Buck gets so, his angry, like his little angry trot when he comes out, you know, his head down, uh, hand, hands in the pocket with the jacket, and he just like, he just like mushers over there. It's so funny because it's been the same for a long time. And he does this like speed walk thing where yeah. he goes back and forth and he's just like a little bobblehead going out and then he just you know head down talking to the umpire it's the same way it's been like this for for a very long time with him and i'd say it's like if you were to draw a a standard template for a manager to come out and like over the years buckshaw walter is really hitting that template you mean like they're very consistent their mannerisms with like coming out of the dugout like yeah agitated like angry i want to run but I'm too old to run, and I've been sitting down for like. And you're four not going to make me goddamn run. You're not going to goddamn make me run. <laughs> like I've been sitting but down so long. Maybe my leg is asleep. My back hurts. <laughs> like I'm going to trot over here, shake it out a little bit. We're going to have a serious discussion. I will pull my hamstring, kicking dirt on the plate, but not coming out to to you with urgency. Have so we ever know. seen a manager injure himself like in running out to argue with? Like that has to have happened, and I just can't think of it. But we probably but, just don't hear about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of umpires, actually, this doesn't really relate to, it kind of does relate to umpires. Pitchcom, I guess, has been improving the pace of play. The Yankees have played a number of games at three hours or just under three hours. I mean, shit, they played a game last week, two hours and 34 minutes, a two and a half hour baseball game. I did not think that was possible anymore in today's day and age. But a lot of people are crediting Pitchcom for improving pace of play. And 
they uh, Boone even said maybe we won't even need a um, a pitch clock if we've got pitch com because there's you don't have to go through four different signs. There's no worry about a runner on second base stealing it. It's just it, they can just get the signal and be good. Are they using Pitchcom at all in the minor leagues? Is it being tested down there as well, or are they, um, or, or was it in the past? I, I believe it was in the past. I mean, I don't yeah. think they usually ever, it's tested down yeah, there. They don't roll up, things but. out at the majors unless it's been tested at the at the lower levels. Well, unless unless you're talking about the actual baseball, the baseballs, yeah, <laughs> you know, the thing that they use to to play the game. Sure. Um, yeah, I mean, that, maybe that's the case. It it just it's so funny because it does seem to me like on the surface when you think about Pitchcom and what it is that. That that it would be easier or like more prone to be stolen because of it's like you know it's an elect an electronic frequency. You telling me someone can't oh, tap you, into that? You, oh, definitely. Every team probably has a nerd trying to tap into the frequency. Yeah. In the well, I talked someone's about got like the big ass the big ass uh, antenna coming out and like trying to tap in. <laughs> there, there's a there's a there's a Steve Bartman out in left field with like the yeah. big, the big radio right. and the big earmuffs like trying uh-huh. to tap in. I talked about again with this with Christy Ackert. Um you're going to you're going to you're going to Or or this. one of those like side the, the thing they use on the side the the big ass shields that they use at yeah. football games to like hear the voice that's coming out of the that one of the cool. uh so it's there's a, the guy in center field's also wearing it. So so in theory, you could point it at the center fielder, get a little closer from the stands. I'm surprised that it actually says the name of the pitch. Like it'll say slider, it'll say curveball. I thought it was just like a beep, and one beep is fastball, two beeps is is slider or something like that. But there's an infamous story uh, with the Patriots, and they were playing the Steelers like eh, maybe eight to ten years ago. And after the game, Mike Tomlin complained that his headset wasn't working and he, all he could hear was the Patriots radio broadcast. And it's like, you just know Bill Belichick was behind that. Like he he tapped in and just like fed oh, the broadcast. Right. So it's like, who is going to just pipe in John and Susan to the opposing pitcher? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm just expecting it to to be to be messed with it just feels like in today's age that that that's a that's low-hanging fruit for someone to cheat with yeah. and i feel like you could do it from a distance too and you could be this very, is like ty cobb like you don't even like have ty to... cobb with uh having someone with a, a, a telescope you know outside outside of a field at a, right. in a, in a high rise you might not even need to be in the stadium to do it that's what i'm saying like you could be very sleuth about this you could have like multiple multiple people hacking Satellites. in so it's like plausible deniability we don't know if it was this guy. Was it this guy? You got guys all around the park. Yeah, and now you're you're just like introducing electronics in people's ears and their hats. What else are they saying? Do the batters also have it? Are they stealing it? Is the batter stealing it directly? And now it's going into his ear. Uh, you know what? There's a million ways to cheat with that one. The pace of play does feel a little bit better to me, and maybe it's because the Yankees are just doing more things on the baseball field, so it's not just watching strikeouts and home runs and, and walks. But like the proof is there. Like today was a long game, but otherwise they have played a lot of efficient, quick games, which I think is a positive thing for the sport. Like ultimately, uh, I'm a I'm someone. My stance on this is, if you've got a bunch of three hour and forty minute baseball games, like that's not that's not tenable to the general public, especially when there's 162 of them. Like get more action, get get it to be a little bit closer to three hours, and I think overall that's a positive thing for the game. Yeah, I mean, look, with a casual fan, think about um, NFL games. NFL games are three hours long. When you have action, a week. it's fine. If it was on every day, trust me, everybody would watch it. But 
But here's yeah. the, here, but the point is, is that there's action. There's action. If you have more action within the game as well, more activity happening, that three hours doesn't feel like three hours. It feels like a different thing because the product, you know, in the in the moment is a lot more active, and you have things happening, and there's different plays. So when you have that, even if it's three hours, if it's a little over three hours, you're not talking about it as a complaint because there's fun activity happening in front of you. Of course, yeah, we've said that all along. And while we're on the theme of cheating, let's wrap this episode up talking about the infamous Yankees letter that was revealed, at least the contents of the letter were revealed this week. Andy Martino was on this SNY, and he actually wrote about a lot of this stuff in his book when I talked to him about his book like over a year ago. The letter did not shed any new light on what the Yankees were doing. They were stealing, uh, they were using video replay room in 2015 and 2016 to decode sign sequences and pass them to a runner on second base who would then relay it to the batter. That was already known. People were freaking out about that. That was known. Freaking Joe Girardi talked about it on TV, okay? This is not new information. People thought this was going to be a smoking gun, like the letter was going to say, from the commissioner's office, the Yankees are as bad as the Houston Astros, period, end of story. It's like, no, what did we think? Which, which kind of brings me to why the Yankees fight so hard to keep this thing private, but... Precedent. But... I did not think it was going to have any information in it because the Yankees have been on the offensive of accusing and saying the Astros, what they did are wrong. They're the reason for our World Series drought. So it would have been super hypocritical for a month later for this letter to come out and implicate the Yankees in some serious sign stealing. The only reason I wasn't overly concerned about it, I didn't know what the hell was in this letter. It could have been something could, you know, it, I, I, I didn't have a good pulse, except for the fact that if there was something in that letter, we would have already known about it. And because that's what happens in today's world. Ain't nothing a secret. Nothing's a secret. You either, people will find out. If it's in a letter like that, it will be found out and and will be talked about and be reported on. There's way too many, way too many people and way too many things, you know, ability to leak. And uh, there's just too many of these things to keep a secret if it was something substantial. So that was the big reason why I didn't think it was going to be something jarring because if it were, I think we would have already known about it. Your point on Preston, I understand. Like it was supposed to be private, so they're that's the precedent they're trying to set. And Randy Levine, he's a lawyer at heart, so like, yeah, he's going to fight yeah. tooth and nail to do that. However, the Yankees did say we fear that this letter being public could cause reputational harm, and that's why they wanted to keep it private. And I think that For the judge that made, didn't didn't uh, didn't keep it private, reputational yeah. harm. But I think didn't when follow people saw that. Precedent. When people saw that, they assumed there was something bad in there. And I think that caused a stir when in reality, the Yankees could have just been like, like freaking I joked, Brian Castro could have done a dramatic reading of this thing and just mocked the whole thing because there was no new information in here. Like I said, well, you don't want to mock the thing because, because, well, I don't know if the casual baseball fan knew this. It's going to be picked up again. It's kind of regurgitating. I have not seen this anywhere. Outside no. of baseball, social, it didn't media. do. It didn't do that. It, that did not happen, really. But it could have. It could have brought something back up if if it were to be reported more. The casual fan who has no idea about this is for hearing it for the first time, saying, "Oh, they decoded something." So yeah, it could. It still probably did that to people who hadn't heard that before, because there's, I'm sure, a number of people that didn't know about this before. So I understand what he's saying with that. Um, 
it's just, you know, the, for people that are following the team and baseball closely, like this is information that was out. Like you said, Girardi was talking about this on, on television. It's been discussed multiple times. So yeah. nothing new. Nothing new. Not to say that it was right, but nothing new. And not to the extent at all. Don't even try to compare it to what the jackasses in Houston were doing. Well, if you are trying to like find something that's bad for the games, that baseball seems okay with what the Yankees and presumably a lot of other teams were doing in that era, at least okay in the sense that they're not going to really punish it. It's like, yeah, you were using the video replay room illegally to steal signs. Like what the Yankees did was wrong. Like you, that's not what the intent of the video replay room was for. Um, but they're obviously just, they tried to still got to decode the sign and get it to someone. Yeah. No, but it's a digital version of what, what has been happening in baseball for a long time. Someone gives you signs and decode them. Okay. But like, it's someone gives you answers to the test and then you just have to get them to your buddy versus you actually figure out the answer to the test and then give it to your buddy. I didn't follow your analogy, but fine. You're saying, oh, the Yankees still have to get the thing to the. Bat. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. I'm not defending it. I'm just. I'm being a smartass. But at the same time, yeah, like people in baseball, players in baseball, teams in baseball have been trying to steal signs from the dawn of time on the field. That's where. That's where it's always been, and and the game always policed itself within within there because if they, it was seen, then. You know that it was dealt with between the lines. The players would police it in that way. When you when you're doing it behind closed doors, when you're looking, you know, with with technology and and third party devices and all of that shit, like yeah, it's next level. It's different. It makes it feel a hell of a lot different than someone just figuring something out, standing on second base, and giving the uh, you know a sign to the guy at the plate. And in classic baseball fashion, when they created these video replay rooms, I believe it was in 2013. They didn't have clear guidelines in place on what was and was not uh, within the rules, what what was and wasn't illegal, which is just like, oh, you didn't foresee this was going to happen? Really, guys? Like, this is a sport that was like the foundation of baseball is built on like kind of cheating. So like, how about you anticipate some cheating? This is where baseball needs to hire someone like catch me if you can type stuff. Like, you know, you, you hire the criminal to catch the criminal. Higher, higher, the Houston Astros are going to have uh, the 2017 Astros have a consulting career ahead of them, so they can consult with uh, with whomever the commissioner of baseball is at that point. This is how you cheat. This is what I would be looking for. <laughs> this is the angle that I would would see, and and therefore they can put some um, you know safeguards in place because of that. So congratulations, yeah. you got That's, some like uh, after after uh, after career job for you. Yeah, someone from the Astros, like that that intern that created the like the 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 Excel sheet that they use yeah. can, can be that person. And like, maybe you and I can lead up the common sense department that we common sense about. department. Yeah. We got that one covered. Yeah. All right. That's going to wrap up today's episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Next episode, we're going to be doing mailbags and, and voicemails. So make sure to call up the voicemail line, 646-480-0342. Maybe tell us about why you like this team so much better than last year. I can't imagine there's anyone out there that likes the, the last two versions of the Yankees better than what we've seen so far this year. And uh, check us out on YouTube if you want to see what we look like as we talk. And maybe you still can't figure out who's who after 700 episodes almost. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. 
We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.